0: Good morning, everyone. It's Judith A. Cope. You're listening to Mad Love. Welcome. New week. We're almost done with April. We're getting uh, getting well into spring. Uh, speaking of which, I had to mow my own grass yesterday, and that, that was an ass kicker. <laughs> because my backyard, it literally looked like a prairie. We had wildflowers and just crazy high grass. And um it just made it extra hard. And uh I was exhausted. But a good kind of exhausted, you know? I haven't mowed grass. I don't this particular yeah, I haven't mowed grass in like 25 years. So I think that should be the new uh community exercise program. Uh people just show up with their mowers and work and clean up communities. You'll burn a ton of calories. And you'll beautify the neighborhood. Whew, that was rough. But, you know, I keep thinking, all these people show up. It's like I can't give the money away. They say they're going to, they show up to ask for the job. Then when you give it to them, they don't show up to cut the grass. Super frustrating. So when I got myself a Honda mower, it's a very good mower. And once I finished out, uh, well, once I figured out the, uh, the, uh self-propelled feature it got exponentially easier <laughs> I had just forgotten about it and then I was like what's this do and it was like oh oh okay then it's like hold on so anyway uh that's that's something that was woo. all right so what did I want to talk about today something serious so uh the other night before bed, I normally watch something that makes me laugh, but I saw that Peacock had Flashdance, the movie, yes, from 1982. So, I or 83. So I put it on and I was like, "This is the worst mess." And listen, I I was like 12 or 13 when it came out and I thought it was phenomenal. You know, and obviously Jennifer Lopez did too because she did the homage to it in one of her music videos. Like, we like the way the girl dressed. It was just basically if you liked Jennifer Beals, you thought the movie was good because it was horrible. I mean, some things hold up and like, you know, I'm not a snob. Okay. I love bad movies. Uh, Waiting to exhale is not what I call a cinematic great. But when it's on, I can't not watch some or all of it. I have to. It's one of those movies that it doesn't matter. Basic Instinct, I don't think it's that great, but I will stop and watch some of it. And um, Joe Esterhaus is responsible for Showgirls, which I think is pretty awful, but I love watching. If it's on, I'll have to watch a few minutes. Um, And he made this career out of the same formula. Uh, I think Joe Esterhaus has something to do with basic instinct, too, except he let the girl grow up. But most of his formula is young, naive girl who just wreaks sex, the sexuality is bursting at the seams, uh, needs an older man to come and, and give her life structure. And it's just ridiculous. I mean, first of all, in Flashdance, I, I, I'm not... I'm surprised no one pointed out to me how old this dude was. I mean, he's this old man. I mean, he was like 40 and she's 18. And they have a relationship. Uh, It was really more a collection of ideas and scenes uh, more than a movie. And I didn't know at 13 how disjointed and bizarre it was. And how it's sort of like indoctrinating you and I would have been in that prime age group, I was an t- early teen, uh, that, you know, you need an older, wiser man who's more established to come in and give your life meaning and value. And, you know, he he can give... It was really, you know, a daddy. I'll give you direction and, and take you out to lovely places because that's what you need. And you'll pay me with this... Uh, the gift of your new raw burgeoning sexuality. Ugh, barf. I mean, it was really gross. But I will say Jennifer Beals was amazing. You could just see her becoming a star on screen. Like, she was why people were watching the movie. Having said that, looking at her career, you can see that that's not what she wanted to be, or they didn't know what to do with her because she was, uh, interracial, you know, and so I think sometimes people get typecast and then, you know, like an interracial person really has a hard time, you know, Halle Berry comes to mind, you know, she, she played a wide variety of people and characters, but I don't think her career rivals Meryl Streep and I'm not disrespecting her by saying that. I think it's harder for women of color to get certain roles. And then it's really hard when you are they don't know what color you are. And I'm telling you, I've had some of the most racist encounters of my life in Hollywood. And I'm from St. Louis. And everybody within earshot will tell you how racist St. Louis is, which I don't think it is racist as people think as much as it's classist. But uh, people tell you all the time St. Louis is racist. And anybody they don't like is racist. <laughs> but uh it's not like LA when you go sitting those sit in those meetings and you have casting calls. So like in the docuseries, uh uh Tina, you hear how they described her, you know, as an old N word that's that's routine conversation not so much that I heard the n-word but the way they talk about race now they wouldn't say it probably in front of me um but the the way they talk about race is just it's the most it was and maybe it's different I doubt it but it was the most in your face aggressive subtle racism because they vote democrat they're not racist and it's like yeah yeah But you can't say what you just said and not be considered racist. I'm sorry. I don't care who you vote for. I don't care that you like Barack Obama. Anyway, I I can't stand it. And I'm not a liberal at all, you know. So I am very much a moderate. And that the thing I don't like about liberals is most of them, to me, seem fake. Because you can't call yourself a liberal and then turn around and do some of the stuff that they do. Especially in Hollywood. All those people voted Democratic and they were up there raping everybody in sight. They haven't even gotten on the the, like child molesting thing because, you know, it's out there. The underage stuff. So mm, anyway, I'm off topic. Uh, Flashdance, horrible. Sorry. I love Jennifer Beals and I loved how I felt when I saw the movie. But uh, as a grown up, it does nothing for me, and it's almost insulting. And it's got like that Lolita feel. It's like ew. Um, and Adrian Lyon, the director, went on to do a, a another Lolita. So you know, all these people involved really were like these kind of disgusting old men because <laughs> it's not a feminist power move um, when you watch it. And like the guy got her the audition. I mean, it's so paternalistic and gross. Ugh. Anyway, it doesn't hold up for me. Now you're going to go watch it just to see. <laughs> but I'm not recommending it. It was just not great. It really wasn't. And it's sad because I don't know if I've, I have. I've, I have had to have seen it since I was 13. That's a long time ago for me. But I always held it in such high regard and I didn't notice it maybe in my 20s when I rewatched it because I was also still quite young then and you know looking at it as as the person who I could be that girl's mother when I look at it from this standpoint I'm like ah this is you know no I would chase that old man away from my daughter of course I wouldn't let her live in some old warehouse either um yeah, the whole thing. And, like, where were her parents? And did they know she was living in, like, this warehouse? All of that seemed cool at the time. <laughs> and now they do lofts and stuff in old warehouses. In old warehouses, you know, like, they create a great living space. She wasn't doing that. She had just put some chairs and furniture in an old factory. And all of it was just some, you know, old man fever sex dream. And at 13, I was like, this is great. (laughs) And then also, let's not forget the elephant in the room. The fact that they slapped a wig on the on the real girl doing all the dancing. That's also kind of insulting. They didn't even give her her credit, you know, and she was going to town. She made it seem like Jennifer Beals knew how to dance. But now when you really look at it. it's it's preposterous it's like when you watch those old episodes of Charlie's Angels and it's clearly a man doing the stunt they didn't even have enough courtesy to hire a female stunt person it would be like there's Farrah Fawcett about to get in a a, you know a golf cart and then it's like oh there's a man with a blonde wig hanging out of a golf cart (laughs) it's so obvious (laughs) Anyway, enough of that um, but yeah, it just really blew my mind. I don't know if you noticed that, but I was just like, this movie is horrible um and I just want to touch a little bit on on uh entrepreneur entrepreneur woes. I was talking to one of my uh friends who's an entrepreneur this weekend, uh, as she was styling the gray out of my hair uh you know, she wants to scale her own shop. She wants to get her own shop and scale it. And I think sometimes when people think about, you know, branching out or growing, they think they have to grow to, you know, max capacity first. But there's a there's a beauty in in scaling, because if you build your foundation, right, you should be able to scale your business uh, more easily. It's never easy, but more easily than, you know, starting out with 10 people that's 10 people's livelihoods that they're counting on you. And if you've ever worked for people who you can, you, you're not sure if they're really, you know, skilled at what they're doing, or you don't know what they're doing, and you could tell they, they don't really know what they're doing either. I've worked with a lot of entrepreneurs, a lot of small businesses, and, you know, I've been in more than one business that I was the, one of the first people they hired because they were starting to scale. And you don't know that going in because no one says, hey, this is the biggest staff we've ever had. They don't say that. They just say, you know, welcome aboard. Uh, This is what we expect. And no one says, "Uh, we've never done this before. We don't really know how to manage a staff that's growing because we've been doing it a certain way for three people. Now we have 30 people. And here we go. You know, they just don't tell you. So oftentimes I've walked into situations where I was helping somebody as one of their frontline new employees. And it's terrifying because it's like, if you don't know what you're doing, tell me, and then I'll manage my expectations of how I'm going to apply my work here. Um, I'm still going to work hard because that's who I am, but I'm not going to, you know, just put it on cruise control because you don't know what you're doing. And it is a scary feeling. And, as as a boss, you're responsible for these people and you you're responsible to get it right. And so many of these organizations that I worked for, they just sort of threw things up against the wall. You know, they didn't really have the experience. They didn't go out and hire people who had the experience. And you know, one one place the HR lady was really really busy. I mean, we were going in there for everything like you know, they can't make us come in on Saturday, right? <laughs> and not pay us. <laughs> they would send us these threatening emails. It was crazy. And one lady, I learned from my friend Megan, like keep receipts. She was impeccable. They would write us a, a crazy email, you know, violating HR in some way. And she'd be like, but on this date, you said this. And on this date, you said that. And you can't do it because of this. And I was like, man, I got to get like that. I need receipts. I need to know, you know, so you don't want to be that kind of uh, leader. You don't want to be the one that, you know, I wanted to start big and and I didn't really have that experience. And now, you know, people are coming for me because I don't know what I'm doing and I don't know the rules. And I didn't bother to learn the rules because we grew too fast. You know, there can be roles that are too big for you. And, you know, especially if you're not going to hire a great staff, you know, it's, people tend to hire people like themselves. So, you know, if you don't have a ton of experience, you're probably drawn to hiring other people who don't have a ton of experience and we'll just figure it out. And that rarely, rarely works well, you know. And the day I left that place was I remember looking at it in the rearview mirror like I'll never have to come back here again. And it was glorious because it was just a roller coaster, And I don't know about you, but I didn't like living that way. You know, you didn't know what your paycheck was going to look like. I worked the sales floor, and then they didn't offer you any stability as a company. Because basically, like, if you didn't make sales, they would come around on a Friday and just fire you. So, like, who needs that? Of course I want to get sales. This is how I pay my bills. It was insane. It was a really insane place to work. I made some good friends there, but phew, no, thanks. Um, so if you have a business and you want to scale it, just take your time. Just do baby steps, because it's one thing when you're a solopreneur and, you know, things get slow and bills aren't getting paid. It's just you and you'll figure it out for you. Uh, that pressure of having six, seven, eight people asking you questions and one answers and getting aggressive. Those 25 people that are looking at you like you said yeah, you don't want to start there. Don't start there because you'll lose all your confidence, all your money. And you may not ever realize that dream fully if you don't know how to recover, you know. So just take time. Be patient with yourself. Manage your expectations, but not so much because you can't do it. But manage your expectations with the intention of scaling your business in a slow a uh, manner that makes sense for you. You know, uh and you you'll know if you hire on a, another person and you all are making it work and you feel you can grow, then add two more. Then add three more. Then add five more, but do it at a pace and a and a schedule that makes sense. You know, just the whole idea there's so many businesses that just grow entirely too fast just because one of your restaurants is booming that doesn't mean you can open three more and expect them all to do the same business that happens all the time and then you know no one's counting on uh, like a pandemic but you know if your business has to shut down for nine months you know not a lot of people are prepared to do that but you know the margins in the restaurant industry are so thin anyway but how will you adapt can you then move to curbside service? Can you then be, you know, do delivery? Can Are you able to pivot? And part of the way you build your business should include the ability to pivot, but also to scale responsibly. So don't put all that pressure on yourself to be number one first. That's my big advice. Whether you're a rapper, uh, an artist, or you know an esthetician or a hairstylist whatever your gig is grow at a pace that that's comfortable don't look around and think oh i gotta i gotta go big you know everybody can't start big and there's nothing wrong with that right so anyway that's my two cents on that flash dance sucked uh <laughs> I really did not enjoy watching. I was kind of morally outraged and a little annoyed with my 13-year-old self. Like, what did? What have you got me watching? Um, but it did give us Jennifer Beals, who I think is talented. I, I really can't say that I followed her career after that, but it was a star-making role for her. And I guess that's really all that matters. Those, the people behind it to me are now just dirty old men. But I, Joe Estherhaus has always been that. You could see Showgirls, everything, Basic Instinct, everything he's written, you know. And then uh, Adrian Lyne went on to do uh, one of my favorite movies ever, which is Fatal Attraction. But he also did uh, Nine and a Half Weeks, which was kind of ridiculous. So, you know. But he's had a storied career. He's 80 now. So, yeah, we'll see. Anyway, I hope you have an amazing week. Set it on fire. Do your best. Be your best. Let's uh, just meet in the winter circle, right? That's the goal. Let's meet in the winter circle. All right? Talk soon. Be your best. Yay! And it's mostly because I love you. I love you.